This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. And today I am talking to Andrew McConnell on our twice yearly catch up of what's going on in the short term rental business. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. Super excited to be back with you once again as we really head into the summer now. It's been super hot and steamy here. Yeah, summer is really, really here. It always blows me away, actually, sort of walking out of the door and being hit by this blast of heat. And it was just like it was when I was in Costa Rica in February, that's, you know, that humid warmth and thinking, you know, six months from now, it'll be back into the frozen north again, but I won't be. I will be back down in Alabama. Um, we're heading down there at the end of October to be there for November the 1st. So yes, I shall just enjoy the heat while it's here and uh, make the most of it. So since I sold the business and passed on the mantle to Pillar 49, who are doing the most amazing job in picking it up and taking everything forward. Since then, I'm still working in the business and doing lots of owner acquisition, and we're still seeing so many new owners coming into the market. So I'm also hearing from some of those owners who joined us in the last two years, a little bit concerned that they may have a few weeks of high season remaining and wondering, you know, why is it not renting like it did last year or like it did in 2020? And we are having to go back and saying, you know, things, things are changing. The whole climate of the way people book vacations is very, very different to what it was in 2020 and 2021. Those two years were outliers for sure. And for those owners who came along and started in this business in those years, now they are seeing what to the rest of us is just a return to normal. They're seeing something, in to them it's something entirely different. So we're having to do a lot of explaining, using graphs and statistics and talking about the market and fluctuations in the short-term rental market and also talking to them about travel. You know, we know that people are traveling like crazy now. People are getting to the airport and wanting to go somewhere that's away from where they've been stuck for two years. And this is causing an issue. And of course, on top of that is all the new properties that were bought over the last two years, you know, (laughs) it wasn't just a pandemic puppy that people were buying. It was definitely a pandemic cottage time as well. And I think people bought into this thinking, oh, this is great. I've got all this time on my hands. I can buy this place. If it's a little bit run down, I can do the renovations and then I will throw it open to the public and they will come. So now we are seeing properties come to us where the owners are saying, hey, I've finished finished the renovations now and I'm ready to roll. And having to come down to earth a little bit when they hear what the pricing is likely to be and the fact that there is some softening of demand for sure. So with that in mind, when Andrew McConnell shouted out to me a week or so back and said, you know, it's time we did our six monthly chat to talk about the state of the short term rental market. I jumped at it. I thought, yes, let's let's explore what's happening. Because over the last two years, Andrew's been coming along and we've each six months and we've been looking at the shift in demographic, shift in traveller movement and how it's impacting our industry. So I think this is really timely that Andrew joins me and we talk about this. So without further ado, let's move on over to my talk with Andrew McConnell from rented.com. (laughs) 
So it's great to have Andrew McConnell of Rented.com back with me yet again. It's I've, I've lost count now, Andrew, how many times you've been on, but now we do this six-monthly state of the short-term rental union. <laughs> it's beginning to uh, rack up because you know, the years are going far too fast at the moment. So welcome back. It doesn't seem like any time at all since you were last on the show, and in fact it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. I think it was less than a month, but, but I, I think we would be amiss to not say how much has changed in that time uh, for you personally and for the industry. <laughs> so, you know, congratulations to you on a, an absolutely incredible past month. Well, it has been, I and mean, it's been incredible in, in, in so many ways, you know, it's passing the mantle of our company on. And I think to anyone who does this, particularly when they, if you've been in the business a long time, you know, 20 years for us, and there was just no way we could have let just anyone come in and buy it and be, um, it would have devastated me I think if someone had come along and said right off you go and I'll take over and then just watch a decline because it, it would have likely decline without I guess some transitional influence and we just chose so well in the buyers who came along and decided that this was the industry they wanted to be in and I have never experienced before somebody coming into this industry cold and learning so much in such a short space of time. And, and it gladdens my heart when, you know, I see emails going backwards and forwards now from the new CEO, Justin, to a new owner. And, and I'm thinking if I was in that owner's shoes, I would feel just 100% confident that I am putting my home in, in with the right people. You know, I'm, I'm not ready to walk away yet, but I could. Yeah. You know, I could walk away and feel completely confident that they've got it. So, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I mean, for those of you listening, you're not seeing the grin <laughs> right <laughs> across my face that has been for the last month. But yes, Andrew, it was a hard slog the six months leading up to it. But I am so glad that all that due diligence was done in the way it was done. And it taught me a lot about selling companies and also taught me a lot about, you know, selecting the right people to take over my company. And I know there's been so many, you know, VRM Intel did, a, did an article showing how many of these businesses have been sold in the last year and yeah. who's been selling them. So, these, you know, these are people that have been prominent in the industry. I and mean, former two, at least two former presidents of the VRMA. Yeah. Two of, if not the two leading podcasters in the entire industry, and you and Sarah Bradford. Uh, I mean, just large companies, thousand plus mm -hmm. property companies, just all over the board. It, it was I, going through that list. There were ones I hadn't even realized. That, Whoa, yeah. they sold. When did when did that even happen? Um, it's it's been wild. Yes, yes. With a few that I, you know, I. Miss Kitties, I had no idea that that was that was going to be changing hands. And um, my friend Andy Medic at Sea Change, Sea Change Vacation Rentals. You know, I knew yeah. I I actually had an inkling of that. Andy came over to uh, Alabama when I was there in January. Okay, and uh, he and his husband came over for lunch. And, you know, we, we talked through things uh, at that time. We were sort of thinking just about to put our business prospectus out. And he sort of gave okay. me the nod that, mm, yeah, I might be doing that as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, I guess it happens in waves, right? It truly is a changing of the guard. And I think from your experience, you, you're seeing some of these, it, it works really, really well, right? You're staying in the business, you're involved, you're helping transition. They have totally the right mindset mm -hmm. from what I've seen speaking with Steve and seeing kind of how the, the owners, Jody and Mike and Don, others are staying in the business. It seems like it, it's the same kind of thing of, Hey, it, it really works out for both the seller and the buyer, but also for the owners and the guests. Mm -hmm. Cause you get that continuity. You get someone who really understands it, wants to understand it, doesn't want to blow it all up, but wants to build on an incredibly valuable base. that has yeah. been, in in some cases like yours decades in the making so it's it's a it's a gratifying time period yeah to to be watching well talk about gratifying you must feel very yeah. gratified now that your book is out and i and 
people are posting images of their hard copies. It, it is neat to see. And I, I mean, in getting, I didn't know I'd get this, uh, <laughs> especially in the first few days, but people that I don't know, that'll find me on LinkedIn or social media and say, I got this at exactly the right time and take me through what was going on in their life and how it already was helping them and, and benefiting their mindset and thus their life. And mm -hmm. like, well, that's, that's exactly why I wrote it. <laughs> that's, that's just so wonderful to hear. Well, uh, if, if those of you out there listening haven't heard of this, it's Get Out of My Head by Andrew McConnell. And it is um, based on stoic principles, but it brings forward all these, these wonderful stories that, uh, that Andrew has experienced over the years. I had no idea you ran with the bulls in Pamplona. Yeah, more than once, yeah. More than yeah, once. Didn't, yeah, learned the, the wrong lessons, as the book says. But uh, yeah, I mean, to, to, to be fair, it, some of it's my stories, but the far, I think, more interesting ones are the incredible people profiled, from mm -hmm. Christopher Coleman to the founder of DocuSign to Navy SEALs. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a very personal journey, but I think it's like what they say to kids, of you're special just like everyone else. You're unique just like everyone else. And it's a very personal journey, just like everyone else, because of how our brains work, is having very similar personal journeys that are entirely unique to them, but struggling with a lot of the same things. And so to be able to take the, the different perspective and illustrations from artists to business owners mm -hmm. to big corporate people to social activists to athletes and see what those challenges are and how to overcome them, uh, you know, hopefully it really will help a lot of people. Well, I'm enjoying. I read it because uh, I read it earlier on, but it yeah. was PDF format, and it's. It, it, I've, I've never been able to get into Kindle, <laughs> really reading. I want a real solid book in my hand, so I'm rereading it again now and getting so much more out of it than I did the first time around. And actually, you, you mentioned the uh, the founder of DocuSign, so I, that that was. Um, that was a chapter I was reading this morning about oh, that, okay. that story. Really, really interesting. And I'm not going to share that. You're not going to share that. People can go out and <laughs> buy your book. <laughs> I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to it. And of course, I'll put a link to the previous podcast episode I did with Andrew a few weeks back, where we actually went into more depth into what's in the book and, and you know how useful it can be to people in, in any business, but certainly in our industry. Because I love the references backwards and forwards to rented and vacation rental futures and you know what's been in your past and how some of this thinking has helped you move forward through your journey. Absolutely. And, and it truly is, I mean, a, a product of this industry, the entire concept of what do we do? We manage what are these people's really expensive and valuable assets to try to make the most of them for those owners. And the reality is there's only one asset that we mm -hmm. own, our core, and that's our mind. Our body gets sick, the assets can be seized, they can burn down, anything can happen to something physical, but our mind is the one thing we own. And we spend most of our lives actually running it back because we give it to people in circumstances of events that don't even know we gave it to them. So to, to really pull from our industry and the, the lessons from it mm -hmm. and then apply it at this more metaphysical level but hopefully in practical ways that people can resonate with this is a great segue in fact into what we're going to talk about today because you know i think we've got to be in control of our minds and <laughs> to, to actually yeah. deal with this business the, the way it's going today and you you sent me an email and you said you know let, let's talk about this because it's all going bonkers so <laughs> i want <laughs> and that is such a beautiful english expression <laughs> <laughs> so i to my wife <laughs> so I, I'd love you to you know, go back and put some context behind that email that you sent to me. Yeah, it, it's something that we've been hearing increasingly from our manager clients. And it's because they're hearing it from their owner clients of this concern of why are we not making as much? What's happening? Should we just start cutting rates? And I think even since I sent that email and saying, hey, let's, let's talk about what's happening. Let's talk about how to talk to owners and, and how to have these conversations and manage expectations. Since that time, we've had several clients come that had sat in on podcasts from well-known, not podcasts, uh, webinars mm -hmm. from, from well-known companies that 
are giving advice that it, we, I use the term malpractice of this is really bad advice. This is going to cause real problems. Um, and telling people that, oh, if it's already booking slow for summer of 23, you need to start discounting now. You should start heavily discounting. And I think that I, I can't think of worse advice to give right now than to go ahead and start doing that. But where it all started was that the perceptions and expectations and really managing them, especially with the new owners. Mm -hmm. So we had this period where you looked at kind of 2013, 2014, 2015, and it's ticking up, up, up. And then we hit the beginning of 2020 and it looked like it fell off a cliff only to jump you know, several stages up. And then 21 went even up from there. And so what I think 22 is looking like from the data I'm seeing is actually we're just a continuation of that line from 16, 17, 18, 19, that if we had continued the same trajectory, we would end up where we are now in 22, which in 2019, we'd say, hey, this is what we expect. This is pretty good. It's fine. But because we got these really distorted perceptions, it feels like we're going backwards. And so there's, there's a a tendency, not tendency, but the, how, the perception of humans that if we're on a moving sidewalk and someone's going faster next to us, it can feel like we're going backwards. Same in a train. If you're on a train and a train goes by faster, it feels like you're going backwards. So you could still be moving forward, but feel like you're going backwards. And that really is the situation we're in right now, I think in a lot of ways, which would be problematic enough if you had run your own business on the expectations and the the income that you had expected of continuing the trends from 21 and 20 or 20 and 21 where it gets really problematic is these new owners, right? These people that I, I think when we were talking last year, or the year before you were talking about people buying multi-million dollar homes that they never visited the property mm -hmm. sight unseen because there were these bidding wars and they were having to spend so much just to lock in something. And I think probably like many listening to this, including you, Heather, I got a lot of calls in 2020 and 2021 asking me to advise on REITs, real estate investment trusts, to go buy up properties and put them in the rental market. It's going to be this amazing cash flowing opportunity. We're going to make tons of money. And I kept saying, look, right now we have record asset prices and we have record rental incomes. Going forward, one of those things is certain forever, that you paid a record price at the time. The other thing could go up or down, the rental income. And more than likely, as Europe opens up to travel again, as people are, feel more comfortable staying in hotels and getting on planes, that's not going to stay at the same high level. So to me, this is not the best time to go buy up a ton of real estate, underwriting it on the assumptions of today's current rental market. But, you know, unfortunately not everybody listens to your podcast and our conversation around that. And there are a lot of people that bought assuming they were going to be able to make the same or more. And that in some cases may financially mm -hmm. need to do it to be able to afford the properties. And so the question is, how do you in that situation have that conversation with those owners? And this is a conversation that uh, that I've been having in the last six months, more so in the last few months. And, right. and there's two types. There's you know the, there's the owners that are just coming into the market, which you may be talking about here, who've perhaps bought a property sight unseen. When they got to it, they had to do the renovations, so they've piled a, just a ton of money into renovations, and then they come to us, you know, raring to go. It's all ready and how much is going to rent for and we give them the practical and competitive and comparable rate and their face just drops you know well i expected a lot more than that because my yeah. friend was getting this in 2021 or 2020 right and this is what i was told when i did my research because they were doing research in on airbnb back in 2021 and seeing yeah. these just ridiculous prices and i know there were times last summer when we had a when we would have a cancellation and we would put it back up open it back up immediately and say well 
what should we price it at? And I think we could have put anything, anything. just about anything on that yeah. property and it would have gone. And it, it, it's not happening. It's not happening this year. And we, we, we've done a couple of webinars actually for our owners over yeah. the last few months where we've been trying to be very pragmatic about it and say, look, this is 2022, forget 20 and 21, exactly as you're saying, we've just gone up from 2019. So we haven't yeah. quite reverted to 2019 prices, but we've reverted to a normal trajectory. And that's, that's been tough. That's been tough. So there are those, the new owners, and then there's the ones that came in at the beginning of 2020. And they saw two massive, massive years. And, and one in particular just recently didn't give us the availability until a couple of weeks ago. And then wonders why it just didn't book immediately like it did last year. But of course, last year, yeah. we'd just come out of a six-month lockdown. Right. And short memories people have. It, it, it is it, it's a very different topic. But I remember after uh, the final race of the season, Formula One last year, uh, there was a tweet that just tickled me about, this is the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my entire season watching Formula One, right? That people who hadn't been watching it for 20 or 30 years, that their whole frame of reference was a reality television show. And then this one season they had been following. And I think it's, it's similar for the vacation rental industry right now. If so many people came in following influencers on TikTok or Instagram of, Hey, here's how much money you can make. Let's show you how to do it. Everybody can get rich doing this. And it's a little bit like uh, prior to the great depression when the, I believe it was Joe Kennedy, JFK's dad, knew that it was time to start shorting the market when his shoeshine boy was giving him stock tips. Like <laughs> everybody knew, oh, now's a great time to invest. That's when to get out. And I think we, we hit that bubble, not probably just in the vacation rental industry, but in a number of things. And it's, you brought up that you can't just look back last year. You can't just look back two years ago. And this is kind of our whole premise with rented and revenue management and pricing in general, you never could look back, right? The, there's so many people that priced in 16 based on what happened in 15 and 17 based on what happened in 16. And so you got these little incremental ups, but never really pressure tested the market, right? And so you think, oh, historical pricing, it is working because I'm making this a little bit more each year. Then early 2020, COVID hits, and it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what rental prices were before ever it matters what's in the market now and then the back half of 2020 it was the same thing people who looked at historical pricing and booking windows said oh my god we need to tank rates they just gave away a ton of money mm -hmm. in the back half of 2020 when to your point you could double triple we had clients 4xing rates and still booking with very happy guests paying mm -hmm. you know giving five stars saying this was amazing we'd been locked up we were so desperate for a vacation this place delivered and it was the same 21. You couldn't use historical pricing. And in 22, it's the same, but for different reasons. And so our take, and we continue to stand by it, is don't look in the rear view mirror to see where you need to go going forward. Look at the market in front of you. Look at what your competitors are doing. Look at what guests are doing. What are they searching? What are they looking for? What are they comparing to? And price based on that. Because that's going to get you the most revenue. Maybe you're not going to have the same occupancy. In most markets, you're not going to have the same occupancy. But you can still perform incredibly well on your, your revenue if you're adapting to what the market wants and needs. Well, what, what differences are you seeing in what the market wants and needs? I mean, tighter booking windows. So you, you see people that will brag about, oh, yeah, well, we booked all our weekends through the end of the fall. Well, that's probably, you, you missed out on some money then, right? Like don't, don't book too early. Don't overcorrect. I think like most things, people overcorrected one way in assumptions and now they're overcorrecting the other. And so we're seeing if you hold rates, especially depending what kind of property you have, right? If you have a 10 bedroom property, and it's a very large group. You're going to have a longer booking window, even as the world changes. Um, it's going to be longer than if you have a condo. But that, one, people still are traveling. Two, there is more flexibility 
than in the past. Not not than in maybe 20 and 21 where schools were closed and people said, hey, we can be anywhere at any mm-hmm. time. But there is more flexibility. And so you're seeing a flattening of the curve, but it's not that the summer peak has come down. It's that those shoulder months have actually gone up to get closer to the summer peak. So we're seeing much longer seasons with less variability. We're seeing tighter booking windows and we're seeing, honestly, we're seeing a lot of panic from others tanking rates. And in some cases, it's not a rate issue. You say, hey, it's actually your cleaning fees 2X what everybody else's in the market is. You can mm-hmm. keep cutting your nightly rate, but that's not the problem. It's a sticker shock when they get to the next page. Or people, like I said, where we started, just getting bad advice of 12 months ahead of time, tanking rates. And I remember having the same conversation kind of April, May of 2020 with a lot of managers saying, do not tank your rates right now. If someone books and it opens up and they feel comfortable traveling, they're not going to release that booking that you did at a submarket rate. If they cancel, if it doesn't open up and people can't travel anymore and they cancel, it doesn't matter that you thought you had locked in that rate. You're giving that money back. And then if the market really opens up and the rate should have been three X that, which is what indeed happened, you already gave up mm-hmm. that entire upside cause you locked in at too low a rate. So our big thing is don't be delusional and hold rates well past when you should, but be cognizant of when people and how people are actually booking and what the market will bear. And just make sure you're providing the best value at that price point uh, and, and hold your rate. Because the reality is we, we had a step change in the market. So I said it's getting back to that trajectory from kind of 18, 19 mm-hmm. to, to 22. It's still a little up because what happened in those intervening years was we went from the stat I like to go to was a, like 2012 focus rate said 7% of people had stayed in a vacation rental. Whereas... As of last year, 81% of Gen Zers had stayed in a vacation rental. And the percent is 50 plus percent for the the population as a whole. And as we know, if you have a good experience, you come back. Mm -hmm. Maybe not for every single time you travel, but for many different instances. You, You think of new times. You're like, hey, we could all just get together for a night, but why don't we go rent a cabin an hour outside of town? And we can get together and spend the weekend together. You create new opportunities for people to travel in new ways that they didn't even think about. Not even to mention the 20% of nights booked on Airbnb that are 30 days plus. That it's creating, you know, Airbnb once created a whole new category in terms of shared accommodation. Now they're mm-hmm. effectively creating this new category again, or the market is. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of moving pieces. Talk to me about destinations, locations, you know, um, urban destination markets, mountains, lakes, what, what do you see as trending at the moment? What's trending in terms of growth are the absolute never before heard of random locations. And what's boosting it, I think, is Airbnb's flexible search. And that, that's both, I think, also flattening the curve and moving those shoulder times up and totally changing where people travel. So I think one of the products of COVID and in general people wanting to travel, but being skeptical of big groups is urban got hit very hard. Mm -hmm. Now it's starting to come back. So it's certainly growing from a a very hip base. And then traditional vacation rental destinations got crazy on pricing or to com- both crazy on pricing and totally booked up. So people who wanted to go to their traditional beach or mountain or lake couldn't do it. And what flex- Flexible Search opened up was, hey, there's this incredible Airstream park in this town outside of Topeka, Kansas that you've never heard of. But man, look how good the Instagram pictures could be if you go there and you get some friends and do it. And, and doing that around national parks. Um, those seem to really be, again, it's from a low base, but those are the highest growth markets right now. Uh, and truly markets you have never, ever heard of. And I wouldn't remember the name of 
uh, even once I did hear of them. Yeah, I, I remember um, Hocking Hills. Is it Hocking Hills, okay. Ohio? I think that was that was something that came to mind a year or so back that suddenly got this this rush of interest, uh, and I might have got that entirely wrong. But yes, you well, know. if it didn't before after this podcast, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people booking it, right? Like, oh, that's a new place. Let's go try it out. Uh, yeah, in, in, that, that's you know, interesting it, um, because that's sort of out of my purview because you know, Ontario is Ontario. There aren't really any right. any undiscovered bits of on Ontario. People perhaps you know, more so going to the east are going to get a better deal than they if they knew about it than they would just going due north of Toronto where the rich right. and the famous go and but we still we still struggle a little bit to get people moving east but it's it's been fascinating you know talking to people who who've bought properties in sort of weird locations you know what's the uh, the, the place in Arizona where Boot Hill Cemetery is <laughs> no come on you you should have this um, Bisbee Bisbee, Arizona. Bisbee, Arizona, down in that okay. area. It's where the, we have, and, and the, there is the place that I can't remember the name of, where the Boot Hill Cemetery is. Um, okay. And but, but, I mean, but I that you know, it's, point- it's, it's just one of those places that nobody would have ever heard of before, unless you were interested in that sort of thing. They wouldn't have heard of it, and it to me, it's really interesting in that it doesn't assume fixed demand. And that, mm-hmm. that's the exciting thing, right? Airbnb said, okay, well, here's how many people are searching now. But for escapism, they have more time. They could do more creative things. What if we opened that door, right? Like finding inventory is our most difficult thing because everybody wants to go to the same places. What if we can change where they want to go? And I'm sure I oversight this, and it's, uh, it's in the book as well. But what they did in Blue Ridge where they did not assume a static demand. They said, hey, here's our lowest weekend of the entire year. People don't want to come. School's school's already started back. Fall hasn't started. Summer's over. You could just say, hey, this is just a low demand weekend. We have to tank prices Mm -hmm. to get any kind of occupancy. They flipped it and said, well, what if we made it a destination? What if we created a whole festival and a whole reason for coming here? And I think kind of tying that to what Sean Stewart, you know, the, the person who ran vacation rentals for Airbnb for a number of years when he came to the data and revenue management conference last year uh, and, and keynoted that, he said, not all rentals are created the same. You, you can go do these purpose-filled, cookie-cutter, they all look the same, and it's going to be commoditized. Mm-hmm. You, you can't extract more value. You're not going to have negotiating power between distribution sites, anything. But if you have unique inventory, something that is the reason people want to go, you have so much more power because there's not another way to get what you have in that situation. And I think that's where these unique destinations, whether it's the the dog house or the shoe house, I mean, people are doing quirky things because land prices are way cheaper. Construction, well, now construction prices are expensive everywhere. But you could do the tree houses and whole tree house parks or airstream parks that aren't the same as just getting another cabin in an area that has a ton of cabins. Those can still be great businesses, but there's just new opportunity if you look at things in new ways. How do we create and generate new demand as opposed to just being reactive to what might be coming our way? Yeah, you've only got to look at what Tyan Marsink did with Marthasville, Marthasville, Missouri. I don't... Had anybody heard about this before? <laughs> Tyan went and bought an old bank in this little town that didn't even have a hotel and converted the bank into a vacation rental. And, you know, the, the quirky thing, just what you're saying, you know, the, the, the old vault in the basement is now the laundry. I mean, where better to go and <laughs> do your laundry <laughs> than, than in a, a, an old bank vault? And she bought the little house next door. And created an entirely new destination and you know built her marketing around what was there which is the katie trail and the purina who would have thought the purina exhibition area which is not very far away and she welcomes dogs so she's full year round with people bringing her dogs to this place who are then taking them out to the shows and exhibitions at uh, at the Purina exhibition center just just that great example of 
looking for that opportunity and and capitalizing on it. Yeah, it's it, it's a perfect example of not just copying everything that everybody else is doing. Saying, hey, let me create the destination, create the reason mm-hmm. for coming, and you can own that. That yeah. is something no one can replicate because it is unique to that. Yeah. So where where are we going then? In the next six months, because then, you know, we're going to get together in January and I'm going to come back on this discussion. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in full disclosure, I just read the, uh, the, the recent Ray Dalio, The Changing World Order. And, man, <laughs> where we're going in terms of macro uh, environment and wars and inflation and how, how this all plays out. Yeah, you know, you live your life on crystal balls, you end up eating glass. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant to go too far on this. But I, I do think we're going to see kind of three different worlds that I think we've touched on. We're going to see a lot of panic because inflation is going to hit people. People are going to be more fearful. We're already seeing in consumer price index. There is going to be a pulling back. And so I think we're going to see panic on certain companies, certain management companies on tanking rates, getting so desperate of, hey, I got to prove owner's occupancy, et cetera. Um, the other side, we're going to see people that are more comfortable holding steady and holding rates that I, I believe, right, it's hard to tell until looking back, but I believe are going to overperform. They may, instead of having 58% occupancy, be a 53, but I think they may have 30% higher revenue for the for the mm-hmm. equivalent periods for the year. So I think those people are going to overperform and as a result, be able to kind of show their heightened professionalism and, and be able to grow their market share as a result um, versus those that panic. And then I think they're going to be those that maybe like the, the people who, who bought your business, really you're doing it for the love of the industry, for the experiences and look at it, not at the zero sum of what is the price up, down, but how to create something that regardless of what's happening outside is the reason for being, is the reason for going, is a destination in itself. And I think that kernel at the heart is what has always made this industry so special and one that people in it absolutely love and and is what's going to kind of carry that ember and that flame going forward. So I'm happy to see that torch pass and that continue because I think that's the core that everything else kind of stems from and grows from. I, I spoke to a new owner last week and, and he'd been with another management company last year. And always the question is, so why are you moving management companies? Um, because yeah. he said they, they did fairly well for them. And he said, well, they sold. That company sold. And he said, I didn't see the passion in the new mm. owners. And he's, he's very, this, this guy, this owner is very hospitality focused. He likes to be a part, you know, one of those owners who wants to be involved. And we've always encouraged that. And, and he said this, the, the new owner of this company was just not really interested in, in hearing about what I was doing to the place, what I was going to improve. Um, he was simply interested in revenue. Yeah. And, and he said, Hence, I'm moving companies, and I found that I found that really interesting because he was going for so, he he wanted to be with a company that showed a passion for for being in this industry. Yeah, I mean, you can go for the the spreadsheets, or you can go for the memories. And I think in the short term, those spreadsheets might show a better economic performance. But I think in the long term, it's actually the memories that mm-hmm. provide the better spreadsheet results because you get those repeat experiences, you get those repeat guests, you get the great word of mouth and it, it compounds that kind of interest compounds over time versus kind of being a, a one hit quick, quick unlock. So has anything happened in the past six months that's really you know, stood out for you as, as being pivotal for this industry, something that we should be you know, taking note of and following? Yeah. I mean, it, not to be too enamored of the, the bigger companies, but I, I do think, we have, are seeing a wave of M&A on the, the management side that I have not been through and experienced before. Right? I don't think there was ever this kind of money pouring into the industry that would have made it possible mm-hmm. to do the kind of buy-side activity that we've seen. I think that is something new of as that happens, as an entire generation of managers moves out, 
over time, right? They, they can stay involved in the business today, but at some point, this is signaling that they're going out and that it's, it's a different thing coming in. What does that end up looking like for the industry? What does that mean on one side? The other side, I think more recently, again, not to be too enamored of the, the big guys, but with Vacasa losing two-thirds of its market cap, with Sonder losing 80% of its market cap, question is how much more money will continue to pour in. And I think it's like a lot of these things are going to happen in cycles over time. So I think you, you very smartly and rightly sold it a, a very good time because I think that that was kind of the best time to do it. You know, I think Jason Sprinkle from Key Data talked about when he sold and then he just saw it go up, up, up. I think we've now kind of come over that curve and it's going to go down for a while before it comes up. Um, but, you know, I, I do think it's meta trend is going to play out of there's high inflation it's going to be high interest rates it's going to impact ISF prices it's going to impact how wealthy people feel and so there's going to be a retrenchment on how much they're willing to spend which may not get back to 21 and 20 levels on vacation rentals but is going to make them less likely to fly off to Paris or Rome and more likely to spend summers closer to home in vacation rentals so I think that serves our industry in good stead I just don't think we're going to see the hyperbolic rates uh, mm -hmm. again for a, a while that we saw in 2021 you know it could be a decade or more you, you'd have to see some real changes that i don't see on the horizon for that to come back and, and what message um do you have would you have for property managers i know you talk to property managers you talk to owners all the time yeah. what message do you have for them when they are being concerned about you know 2023 and preparations yeah. for the year ahead. Yeah, I'd say, look, now is the time to plan ahead, but not to overreact. So build out your plan and your contingency plan. Set parameters on, hey, here's when this property historically would book, check the different booking windows. Here's, as I see the trends kind of going on tighter booking windows, when it should book this year. Here's when I'm comfortable holding rates, here's when I, I'm not, and have that plan down there so that you don't make a gut reaction, reactive, uh, emotional decision on blowing things up one way or the other. Make sure you're doing it before it's too late so that you can be thoughtful about it and have that scenario planned out and document it, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's like trading in the market or anything else. You can have your principles, but if you don't actually stick to them, they're, they're meaningless. So don't just have them, but you know, actually stick to it. Uh, and that's, that's going to really make the difference. And the second piece and kind of more meta is just remember why you're, why you're doing it. Right? Is it really about that delightful guest experience about those, that relationship with the homeowner? Because each individual year will have its ups and downs. But if you keep delivering on that, overall, the long arc of history is going to go up and to the right. Mm -hmm. And so just get back to your why and stay true to it, no matter what's happening around you. There's one, one other question I just want to get in before we finish, and that's about uh, independent owners versus those that are, are going with property managers. You know, I'm looking a lot in owner acquisition at the moment for managers and how they find those owners. Are you seeing any shift in independent owners, you know, getting a little bit um, disconcerted with their performance with Airbnb, perhaps not knowing what to do and moving over to property management. We're seeing kind of a, a bifurcation there. So I think kind of back to it happening in waves pre 95, it was all professional management. There was no possible way for an individual to advertise right and get the cleaners. You didn't have the internet, you didn't have everything you kind of needed to set it up. Verbo and all these others coming in, you got this huge spike where 60 plus percent of people with vacation homes were, hey, I'm just gonna do it myself, it's easy enough. I think not just with the amount of money coming in, the increased technology coming in, the competition coming in, the complexity that started tip, tipping down, probably as far back as kind of 2014, 15, where professional mm -hmm. managers started to take a greater market share. So I think people realize, yeah, I could do this on my own, but as I always go back to, that neurosurgeon could also technically mow her own lawn, 
but she hires somebody to do it because that's not how and where she wants to spend her free time. And so I think they went into professionals. The, the other side of it is back to all the technology that came into it, all the money coming into it, the, the amount you could make. You're getting a separate group that may have come in and they were doing it themselves and they were good at it and actually liked it and got into the experience and providing. And they're just like Steve Milo, you know, started with his own home and then grew so many. I mean, it's the story of basically everyone in the industry. Oh, I was doing my home. And then people mm -hmm. say, Hey, you're doing a great job. Will you do mine? And so you're getting just like, there's a whole generation selling and kind of retiring and moving on. There's another generation coming up right now um, using different nomenclature. There was that, was it short-term rental wealth conference mm -hmm. in Nashville recently? And the the term there is co-host. So they're not property managers, they're co-hosts. And so it's this real partnership concept that at its core, it's the same as what property managers do. But it, it's this new breed and this new tier coming in. So I, I think that's what I'm seeing of the split of those people that were just tra the traditional individual host or RBO that we would know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, 20, yes, 20 odd years I've been in this business and just, just seeing that up and down. And um, when we started our business, of course, it was all direct booking. We had, cause there was really nothing else to do. Right. And then we got so excited at home away and TripAdvisor and, and then, then sort Remember of hit, that? <laughs> hit that peak, then down the other side. And now, you know, when, when we passed on our business, I think we were at 98% direct. And I think now we're, you know, it, it, it could start moving the other way. I don't know. I don't know. But it's uh, certainly it's a business that never stays still, which is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once, once you start staying still, that's when uh, the end is nigh. Right. <laughs> so as, as an industry in general, that must mean that some other industry is moving up. And so yeah. I think that's a little danger with some of the non-vacation rental alternative accommodation uh apparently a new report's coming out from jll this week about hey when are these other big hotels getting into it accor's done it marriott's done it mm -hmm. marriott's being very successful with it when are hilton and hyatt and ihg gonna actually catch on and do something here because otherwise you know they're the the horse and buggy makers uh, of the 21st century mm, like that like that analogy Okay, that's just about it for, for, for this catch-up, uh, Andrew. Just, uh, you know, as ever, give us a shout-out for Rented.com and also your book. So, you know, plug the book as well. Okay, thanks, yeah. Get out of my head. would love to hear your thoughts on LinkedIn, Facebook, kind of share your journey uh, if you end up reading it and find different exercises or stories useful. Um, you know, things are better when they're done as a part of a team. So let's, let's make a team. That's wonderful. And Rented, share what Rented is about. Yeah, so Rented.com, we are pricing and revenue management experts. So we have our automated rate tool for those that want to manage their own pricing. It is the most forward-looking current dynamic pricing tool out there. So instead of just looking at old historic data, it's looking at what is actually happening in the market today based on custom comp sets. And then for those who don't have their own in-house revenue management team or somebody that wants to take on that more sophisticated process, we actually have our own team of revenue managers that can do all the pricing for you, take on the strategy uh, in, informed by what you do, but we offer both, the self-service or the full service option. Wonderful. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you with me again. We will actually meet in person, I'm quite sure, before yes. before we do our January the 1st or thereabouts Conference episode. season is soon. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, conference season is soon. So uh, I, I'm sure we will get together before then. And I'll just thank you once again for you know sh sharing your, your thoughts, your wisdom, and enjoy being out in the Caribbean still. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's, it's another beautiful day in paradise. So of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Heather. Have a good one. Well, thank you so much, Andrew McConnell, for joining me once again on our six-monthly visit to the state of the short-term rental nation. I always love this episode. It reminds me of the continual growth 
in this industry and also, you know, how massive changes are wrought in such a short space of time. I mean, super interesting to read about all the property management companies that have changed hands over the last six months. And I'm sure there's plenty of those to come and we'll probably hear about that. Keep an eye out for VRM Intel. They continually update us with what's happening in the industry. It is a great resource. So uh, I'll put the link on the show notes for you to go over there. Since I recorded this, I heard some great news from Andrew McConnell. And that is that his book, Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom, jumped into the Wall Street Journal bestseller list for hardcover business books this week at number five, which is an amazing achievement. Congratulations, Andrew, for this. We're going to keep watching this list. Hopefully it's going to uh, climb up that list and it will only do so, guys, if you go out and buy a copy of Get Out of My Head. And trust me, it really is worth it. It's worthwhile. It's a great read. I've read it cover to cover. I'm on the second time round and getting ready to write my review on Amazon and on Goodreads. And I hope that you will do the same thing. If you read it, write a review. You know how much you like your guests to review your stays at any of your properties. Well, let's turn it around and let's write Andrew a great review of the book on any platform that you find where you can write a review. I'm going to download the audio book as well. I've got a couple of credits on Audible. So... I love Andrew's voice, so it's going to be in my ear for a while. So that's it for another week. Always a pleasure to be with you. And I'm going to head out into the steamy afternoon of an Ontario summer. People often say to me, you know, when I'm down in Alabama and I meet people who've never been to Ontario, is does it ever stop snowing? And, and I can easily say to them, absolutely. We go from winter to summer, often in the space of a, of a week or two. And, and our summers are extremely hot, humid and steamy. And I love every bit of it. So, so that's me this afternoon also doing some work on my upcoming course for the Vacation Rental Formula Business School, of which you're going to hear a lot more before too long. So keep an ear out for that. So hope you have a great rest of your day. Go sit down, have a relax and read a good book and then let me know what you think of it. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.